2: Blogger Russell Moore wrote that the next Billy Graham, the next Billy Graham right now might be passed out drunk in a fraternity house in some university. The next Charles Spurgeon might be making posters for the gay pride parade. He said the next Mother Teresa might be managing an abortion clinic right now. Don't ever doubt who God can reach, who God can save. The wind blows everywhere it's blowing.
1: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like what is eternity or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today.
2: Recently, I was on a Delta Airlines flight, and they had these napkins, and it was just blank. And so I decided I took out a pen and I wrote these words Preach the first sermon in our new worship center on this topic to lift up Jesus. And I signed it Pastor Dudley, ShepherdChurch.com, Delta Airlines. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 3. All right? Turn to John chapter 3. I know a lot of people have been driving by this facility for the last two years, and they've been asking, what is that? What is that tall tower? What, what are those pillars along the, 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 the parking? What is that? And they just put the sign up this week. There hadn't been a sign on it. And I'm sure they wondered what this is, and so I just want you to know, this is a church just want you to know amen and people have misconceptions about church and I'm going to say some people in this room have misconceptions about what the church is some people view the church as a gas station you know it's that place you have to go to like once a week just to kind of be refueled so you can keep going some people see the church like a movie theater and this kind of looks like a movie theater Uh, I just want to get away from everything. I just want to go and be entertained, entertain me for one hour so I can just not deal with what's going on in the world. And some people see it kind of like the mall. It's a one-stop shop. It's a clean environment. It's a safe environment. we got stuff for the kids, grandparents, and me. And so they view the church as a a retail uh, box. And so I want you to know that all of those are wrong because all of those ideas focus on me. And the church is not about me. It's not about you. The purpose of the church is to lift up Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's the purpose of the church. And so this sermon that I'm about to preach, just so you know, I preached this message uh, last summer at the North American Christian Convention. And I was working on some other material that had to do with lifting up Jesus, and the more I worked on it, the more the Lord just said, Dudley, you need to preach what you preach, because I knew I didn't preach it for the church, I preached it for a convention, but I knew that one day I would preach it to the church, I just didn't know when. And so what we did is we took this sermon, and you don't know this, but I actually write out my notes word for word, handwrite, I, don't, I, don't t- I, I handwrite my sermon word for word. And we made a photocopy of this, and we put the copy of this inside the time capsule on Friday night. We sealed it up, and that thing is sealed inside that prayer tower. So 50 years from now or 100 years from now, when they open up that prayer tower, that that time capsule, they will have a copy of the very first sermon that was ever preached in this building. And I want them to know that it's all about Jesus. So take your Bibles and turn to John chapter three. Inside your bulletin is a sermon outline. I want you to follow along if you will. Our text, everybody say our text. It begins with what I call point number one. You can write this down a civil. Everybody say civil. It begins with a civil conversation. Jesus has a civil conversation with a man named Nicodemus. Look at verse one. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Everybody say Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a member, the Bible says, of the Jewish ruling council. That is the Sanhedrin. I want you to write this down in your notes. The Sanhedrin is the Supreme Court of Israel. Now we have a Supreme Court in the United States of America. Israel had a Supreme Court as well. Nicodemus is a member of the jewish ruling council the supreme court of israel he is a classic illustration of someone the first time you would meet him you would probably think well this guy will never become a christian he's got political clout and influence he's the overseer of a heritage he is wealthy he's probably got a really nice house he represents status quo and he's the guardian of rules he's the keeper of laws. I want to ask a question. Has anyone here in this room ever been raised in what's called a legalistic church? The kind of church that emphasizes the keeping of rules, lots and lots of rules, where sometimes even unwritten rules are considered biblical? Is anyone raised in a in a in a in a church like that? Well, I I had a little bit of that growing up. I was taught when I was a little boy growing up, I was actually taught this. That when Jesus turned the water into the wine, it, he actually turned it into Welch's grape juice. I, I was taught that it wasn't really wine; it was Welch's grape juice. I was taught that when King David brought home the Ark of the Covenant, that he wasn't really dancing and he wasn't really naked. I was taught that in the Hebrew text that he was wearing boxer shorts and he was probably just nodding his head. But Nicodemus represents all the people who believe that by keeping all the rules that somehow you're saved, somehow you're made righteous by keeping laws. So look at verse 2 in your text, John 3. He comes to Jesus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night and he says, Rabbi. Everybody say, Rabbi. Uh, The conversation begins. And pay attention to the first line because I want to refer back to it later. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. You see, he's wanting to have a conversation with Jesus. Now, throughout all of Scripture, you read the Bible, anytime anybody was converted, most of the time it began with a civil conversation, Philip, in Acts chapter 8, was having a conversation with an Ethiopian man who ends up getting baptized that very day. In Acts chapter 10, Peter is having a conversation with a man named Cornelius. And the next thing you know, Cornelius and his entire household are surrendering to Jesus Christ. Lydia, in Acts chapter 16, It was during a conversation that she opens up her heart to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord. The point being, there has never been a much more needed time for us to be open and engaging with people, to have civil conversations in a world that is growing uh, hostile towards Christianity and Christians worldwide. Recently on Instagram... I received a direct message. Now, this was just to me. No one could see what this person was writing, but I'm going to show you what he wrote. Don't tell him. (laughs) I get this message. So, um, I see that you're following me and I don't understand why. And he says, I'm like a homosexual Satanist. I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. I'm like a homosexual Satanist. He writes, I don't believe in fairy tales cough god cough so um yeah unless you want something else for me i would suggest blocking me now he could have blocked me i read that i thought you know what he wants to have a conversation with me and uh i began to pray i i said lord what what you know i need to say something right now that will keep him talking I want to stay engaged. And so I wrote this to him. I said, Why do you consider yourself a Satanist? I just kind of skipped over the homosexual part. (laughs) I got right to the heart of the matter. Why do you consider yourself a Satanist? And he writes back to me and he says, This, just kidding, I'm an atheist. I guess if you're an atheist, you can just make stuff up, right? No, it doesn't matter what you say, right? So he goes he goes he says, I'm just he goes, just kidding, I'm an atheist. And so I write back to him and I say these words. So you're a comedic atheist. (laughs) And he says these words. I guess. Ha ha. (laughs) The next day He says this to me, what do you get from God? What does he do for you? Oh, I had all kinds of things. I said, (laughs) I couldn't stop writing stuff. And then I thought I would just try to challenge him. I said, why don't you Google James chapter one? Because I figured he didn't have a Bible. You know what I'm saying? Uh... I said, why don't you Google James chapter one and just read it, and I use these words, and you'll see how cool and wise it is. And he says to me in response, I said, I don't read fairy tales. And at that point, I knew he was about to leave. And I had to think of something that would keep him at the table and so I wrote and I said, James is a history book. Oh, yeah. It's the history book. I don't hear anything for a couple days. So I thought I'm going to try one more time. It's my last attempt, and I write these words. Why don't you try just one chapter? Just read one. What would it hurt? What if you discover it was a vast treasure just at your fingertips? If, after reading one chapter, you think it's meaningless, then I will understand. A couple of days go by, I get this response best read of my life oh yeah I, 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 I want to ask wouldn't you like to see the whole world one to Jesus Christ oh maybe you didn't hear the question I said wouldn't you like to see the entire world come to Jesus Christ Well, let me tell you this, we are not going to win anyone or convince anyone with our harsh and obnoxious Facebook post arguing about our political differences. We as Christians have to learn to engage in civil dialogue, civil conversation, building a bridge so that we can introduce people to the lord jesus christ amen amen number 2 point number 2 jesus compassionately he gets straight to the point I want you to notice that Jesus builds on this opportunity to converse with one of Israel's most important political and religious leaders. Now, it could have been because it was late at night and Jesus was getting tired, or I think it had more to do with his desire to see Nicodemus get saved, but he gets right to the point, he pulls no punches. He says in John 3, verse 3, he says these words, Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, that no one can even see, I want everyone to say the word see. No one can even see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I want you to write this down. He says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're not, you're, not, you're not only not getting in, Nicodemus, you can't even see, you can't even smell, you can't sniff the kingdom of God from where you are unless you are born again. Nicodemus he hears this phrase born again born again he can't figure that out well he doesn't understand what does that phrase mean to be born again and so Nicodemus asks the question that's been heard around the evangelical world in verse 4 he says to Jesus well how can a man be born when he's old surely I mean that whole thing's kind of creepy if you ask me surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and turn around and come back out jesus in verse 5 answered again straight to the point nicodemus i tell you the truth no one can enter the kingdom of god unless he is born of the water and of the spirit and then notice what jesus says in verse 6 Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And what he means by that is Nicodemus, you have already been born physically. What you need is to be born spiritually. It's true not only of Nicodemus, it's true of all of us here in the San Fernando Valley. Right behind me, there are two million people that live in the San Fernando Valley. If the valley were a city all in of by itself, it would be the fifth largest city in America today. And every single person in this valley, all two million of them, they have all been born physically, but most of them have never been born spiritually. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe in destiny. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I don't believe we're here by an accident. I think God very strategically has blessed this church, anointed this church places right here along the 118 freeway so that this church might be a a, a hope offer a hope and be the light of the world and point people to the truth that's found only in Jesus Christ we are here by the destiny of God all people need to be born again you all have been everyone in this room you've all been born physically everyone here you all have what's called a birth date But you need another date where you are born a second time but this time born spiritually a date where you commit your life to following jesus christ you put your faith and trust in him and in him alone you confess him to be your lord and your savior you are baptized into his precious name That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus, and that's what Jesus is telling us today. You must be born a second time. Number three, something that I want to emphasize this morning. He says in verse 8 that the wind blows. Now, we know something about wind in Porter Ranch. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. How many of you know that's true? It just just goes wherever it wants to go. And in the rest of verse 8, he says these words, Nicodemus, you hear it sound. But you can't tell where it comes from. You can't tell where it's going. Then Jesus says this, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In verse 9, Nicodemus asked this question, Lord, how can this be? And the reason he asked, how can this be, is because Nicodemus believes that the law is what saves. But the law doesn't save. You see, there's a restlessness inside of Nicodemus's soul that even though he is a lawman, he's the lawman of all lawmen, even though he has money and fame and power, a nice house, religion, he's a very religious man, he's empty on the inside, and he's searching. He doesn't even know why he's searching. He doesn't even know why he's feeling what he's feeling. But he comes to Jesus, and Jesus goes, shh, Nicodemus, the wind. What you need to understand, and I want you to write this down, he's trying to tell Nicodemus, the Holy Spirit of God is trying to draw you, Nicodemus, towards something that can save. Don't miss this point. Even though Nicodemus came searching for Jesus that night, it was actually Jesus that was searching for Nicodemus that night. You all have heard the story of of, uh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. Because I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house to stay. How many of you know the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little guy? Yeah. I want to ask you a question. When that little wee little Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree for the Lord he wanted to see, was Zacchaeus that day looking for Jesus or was Jesus looking for Zacchaeus that day? Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus that day. You remember the story of Thomas, don't you? He was a doubter. I want to show you a picture in just a minute of a, I showed this to you on Easter, last Easter, for those of you who were here. There was a painter by the name of Caravaggio. Caravaggio was a brilliant, gifted painter from the 1500s. He died in his 30s. A young man. He was not a believer in Jesus Christ. He was an unsaved man, but boy, he could draw. He was a skeptic. And one day he imagined what it must have been like the day that Jesus met Thomas, who was also a skeptic. Now, you know Thomas. Thomas was the one who said, I don't believe until I put my finger in Jesus' side. Until I see the nail scarred uh, and then I can put my finger through the nails in his hands, I, I'm not going to believe. You remember that story of Thomas? And one day Jesus just showed up inside the room and then Thomas put his finger, remember that? Well, Caravaggio, this brilliant painter uh, from the 1500s, he tried to imagine what that, what that scene must have looked like. And he drew a painting. It was lost for like 300 years. No one even knew where the painting was. One day it was discovered, they brushed it off. It's 500 years old. And what's the first thing you notice? You notice his finger going inside Jesus' side and it almost looks like you can see the flesh going around the finger. Do you see that? But what I want you to notice is the right and left hand of Jesus Christ. Jesus' right hand, he's holding back his robe. What is his left hand doing? His left hand is actually on Thomas's hand. He's actually pulling Thomas towards him. Why would Jesus open up his robe and be pulling his hand towards him? Why? Because Jesus wants Thomas to come to know the Lord you see you can be a skeptic like Thomas while you could be a tax collector like Zacchaeus or you could be a Pharisee like Nicodemus it doesn't matter God's spirit is moving searching wooing calling no matter who you are God's spirit right now is trying to reach people who you think will never ever become a Christian it's
1: a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day Four seven seven seven. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.